Hello and uh, welcome to the Twin Peaks podcast. My name is Dan. Like a late night radio DJ. <laughs> welcome to Love Song Dedication. <laughs> Love 101. <laughs> You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is Dan. My name is Nicole. This week we're doing animals. Our theme is animals and we're talking about two animals films, which is Rogue and Okja, Crocodile and Super Pig. After that, we're going to be picking our films and our topic for next week. And we've got our picks and our theme ready to go. After that, it's stitched up and you got stitched up last time and you had to watch Return of the Living Dead Necropolis. I'm mm. very much looking forward to hearing your thoughts on that because I have seen this film and it's, uh, it's all right. <laughs> Finally, we find out who's being stitched up next week and announce films for future stitch up polls, etc, etc. Before all that, we have a first section called Anything Goes and we just talk about anything that we want really. So I haven't got much to talk about, just my recently watched stuff. What about yourself? Me and my bestie, we did like a wine masterclass between us. So I got a package sent to me and there was these six different wines and then a description on how to, how to have wine. So you put it in a glass and you swirl it around and be all fancy and shit. And then you had to figure out which speed dating person on on the list you thought the wine matched they had these really unusual descriptions it's a speed dating wine (laughs) if uh so i'll I'll read out a description stefano other would describe me as a tall dark and handsome i'm a dream date for any occasion but i'll truly win your heart over a nice steak and a deep intense conversation I hate him. I think I, I think I might be drinking the Stefano wine right now. You're not being all sophisticated right now, though, are you? You're drinking it straight out of the bottle. I was drinking it straight out of the medicine bottle that it yeah. comes in. Delicious. <laughs> what would Stefano say? He'd be furious. He'd be living yeah. at you. No, you're supposed to drink it out of a glass and we're supposed to have a deep conversation about it. <laughs> yeah. That's about it for me this week. What have, uh, what have you been watching? What have I been watching? I watched uh, I watched a few films this week. I haven't gone mad on the film watching. I've been doing more reading actually. Uh, I nearly finished my Pet Cemetery book. I've got probably a couple more days. Oh, on nice! That. I picked up a new book from my nans. I picked up The Stand, which I was considering reading a few weeks ago, but I put it down because it was too big. But I'm going to give it a go. I think I'm going to finish off Pet Cemetery and I'm going to see what The Stand is like. If it's if it keeps me gripped and I keep reading it. Nice. So I've been doing Great. more reading and I've watched less films. I mean, I've still watched eight films. So I watched Cold in July. Yeah, good watch, mate. It's maybe one of those. You, you can watch the trailer um, okay. and it will surprise you when you watch the film. But equally, I would say go in and watch it without knowing anything. The next film I watched was The Way of the Gun. And The Way of the Gun was a film that I've been meaning to rewatch for a long old time. I think it came out in 2000. I went to the cinema to see this. And at the time, I really enjoyed this film. And I like it. But it has some problems. It has some issues with some dialogue, some of the things the characters do. I just don't really see what the relevance was other than just to provoke. It was, I mean, I still enjoyed it. There was some really good performances in there. The music was really good. There's some really good action. It's a good, it's a good film, but there are some issues with it. 
and I'd be interested to hear what other people think about it. What is it called again? The Way of the Gun, directed by Christopher McQuarrie, who's sort of known for Mission Impossible stuff these days. Uh, Benicio Del Toro and Ryan Felipe, back when Ryan Felipe was the best thing since sliced bread. I wanted to stay in keeping a little bit with our animal theme. So I watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes and I watched Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, really enjoyed sitting down to watch those. Um, And then I watched a film called Unthinkable, which has got uh, Michael Sheen in it, and it's uh, got Samuel Jackson in it, and it's got Carrie Ann Moss in it. Carrie Ann Moss was in that memento we watched a few weeks ago. Uh, And I watched this again about 10 years ago, and I've been meaning to rewatch it, and I found it in my local used DVD emporium, and I found it for 50p. So I thought, I love that. Nice. And I bought it. Yeah. I've got it. So I watched that. And it's, yeah, it's just as good as I remember. It's fucking dark. It's basically about a dude who is a terrorist and they've got to find out where these bombs are. And so they're interrogating him. But what, how far is too far to go? You know, you weighing up the lives of millions of people versus one person. You know, they're asking those questions. But yeah, that's a really good thought provoking film. Um, then I watched a film called IO, which was dog shit. And then I watched the podcast films and that is about it mate cool have you been watching much i've watched a little bit like yourself i try to watch some films based on our theme this week so i watched the biggest little farm documentary which was good i really enjoyed that uh my octopus teacher sorry <laughs> wiener dog no, no, my <laughs> my octopus teacher. It's on Netflix. It's a recent documentary that has come out cinematically and seeing how octopus are in, in their environment is quite fascinating. So I did enjoy that doco. I did see this on Netflix when I was looking for other sort of picks that we're talking about later. But I, I did just sort of do a double take when I saw the title. I was like, what? My octopus, what? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had a quick read of the synopsis and it sounded like a late night watch to me. Yeah. Maybe after like after the pub. Not the pubs are somewhere that I want to be right now. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking like old life, like I was talking like old human culture. <laughs> Back in the day when we used to be able to go to the pub. Yeah. Oh sorry, mate, I interrupted. What 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 else you got there? Land before time. I watched the first <laughs> one. Um Why? I used to love watching this film when I was younger. I think it's changed, my opinion on it has changed slightly. Dogs don't wear pants. Not exactly a animal so-called film. It's more about um, dominatrix and, and all that. It was not as good as what I thought it was going to be. And then I watched The Living, Return of the Living Dead, one, two, three, and four. You did it. What did you think of? The Living Dead series. I really, the first one is really good. I really enjoyed that. And the third one I liked. The second one was kind of just like, I had bits and pieces from the first one, um, but I really liked the third one. And then I'll discuss what I thought about the fourth one maybe a bit later. Did you watch not watch number five then? No, because I, I didn't have enough time. You might just stitch me up on it. And that is all that I've 
pretty much seen this week. Let's move on to section two then, where we're going to talk about two animal films. And this week it's Rogue and Ogja. This was your yes. choice of topic. So do you, I mean, last week I said to you, I'm not quite, what are you going to talk about with animals? Like, what could you possibly talk about? And you sort of said that you had something up your sleeve. So quizzes are a bit of fun, aren't they? I'm going to give you some insert animals and you have to guess whether it is an animal or if it's not an animal. Okay. Goblin shark. Is it real or is it fake? It's real. You didn't flinch. It, it looks like some horror piranha scary fucking fish that you would find. I'm surprised there's not a film called Goblin Shark. I know. We'll have to make one. Yeah, let's write it. Goblin Shark. <laughs> um... Next one, Tasmanian Devil. Real, because there's a cartoon about him. A few weeks ago, you're like, that's not real. I was kidding. I know that Tasmanian Devil is real. What about Okapi? Um, Not real. Made up. It's a real animal. It looks like it's got like zebra legs, but it's got like a... (laughs) Fish head. <laughs> uh, unicorn, real or fake? I mean, I'm not a complete moron. <laughs> it's obviously real. I've seen it in the zoo. So they just put oh. a cornetto on a horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, obviously it's fake, mate, isn't it? Unicorns. Yeah. Not real. If any kids are listening, don't listen to Dan. It's not true. But I never once thought are. unicorns were real. I might have once thought that Santa Claus was real. <laughs> There's definitely no children listening to this. We do warn that. <laughs> children should not listen to this because we say fuck quite a lot. Yeah. Red-lipped batfish. <laughs> um, uh, ooh, I really, really want this to be real. But I'm going to say fake. It's real. Are they all real? <laughs> no, no, this one, and then they're not all real. I do have some fake ones, but that oh, is real. Right. Red lipped batfish. It looks like a fish with like red lipstick on it. A bat what swims. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A hypnotoad. Hypnotoad? Hypnotoad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, again, I want it to be real. But I'm going to say fake. It is fake. (laughs) All right. Next one. Penis snake. Come again? (laughs) Are you purposely saying come again as well? Yes, I was. Um, Penis snake. Real. (laughs) It's a real thing. It's a real snakey snake. Penis. And it looks like a cock. Yeah. Uh, And the last one is drop bear. Drop bears are not real. We had this discussion already. <laughs> you did pretty well. What was the score? Um, nine out of ten, I think. Well, I failed on that drastically. What, what do you mean you failed? Is your is the intention to just screw me up royally and make me look like a prick? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always. I can do that myself. I don't need your assistance in that matter, mate. So technically you win every week. Right. Okay. So let's move on to talking about our films then, which were Rogue and Ogja. Shall we mm. start with... Ogja? 
Why not? Okay, Okja, 2017, directed by Bong Joon-ho, 122 minutes long. Uh, the Parasite Dude, a Parasite yeah. Dude, snow, Snowpiercer, etc. A synopsis for Okja, a young girl named Mija risks everything to prevent a powerful multinational company from kidnapping her best friend, a massive animal named Okja. It stars Ahn Seo Hyun as Mija, Tilda Swinton as Lucy Mirando and Nancy Mirando, to double, double Tilda again. Paul Dano as Jay and Jake Gyllenhaal as Dr. Johnny Wilcox. The budget was $15 million and a worldwide box office was just $2 million. But it was a straight to Netflix film and they did they, they gave it a limited release in cinemas because of awards. It went to Cannes originally first, didn't it? It went to Cannes, yeah, it went to Cannes and there was a bit of controversy because it was Netflix and do you remember the, mm. the people being pissed off because it's a streaming film and they're like, oh, you streaming films shouldn't be allowed in this room? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Film is a film is a film, who cares? Anyway, I don't want to get into all that. So Ogja, so it's about a company. They say they've discovered this super pig. Obviously, they haven't discovered it. Discovered it. They've um, created it. They genetically engineered it from, from scratch, but you don't find that out until partway into the film so this company is he- it's headed by tilda swinton number one i guess you'd say lucy mirando i think is the is the main mirando of the mirandos she set up this company and um they've got 10 of these pigs and they send them off to or 26 pigs 20 yeah yeah 26 x amount pig they have x amount of pigs <laughs> yeah they have x amount of pigs and they send it off to x amount of humans to x amount of farms to be raised and the best one gets to come go to a piggy carnival in 10 years time right that's basically the setup but what they didn't count on is Ogja forming a an unlikely but sweet friendship with uh, a little Mija. girl in south korea Mija. so the first i guess the first act is we're just introduced to Ogja and Mija and their kind of friendship and just going through their day-to-day of picking fruits from trees and going fishing and pooing in the lake as you do yeah and it's i guess the, the for me the film is kind of sold off the back of that relationship so i think all that first act stuff is great because you really got to sort of feel their bond and i guess you need to to, to for, the, for the rest of the film to make sense so basically the Miranda corporation they want to take back Ultra, uh and mijo is just chasing Ultra down basically trying to get her back to the farm and she bumps into a group called the animal liberation front um who are a bunch of really interesting characters actually i really liked all of their characters and the way they're set up and introduced to the film i thought that was it's quite an unconventional film this uh, to say the least i mean it's it has a few different tones it's kind of like kiddie sort of adventure uh, mixed with a bit of well, satire obviously there's a lot of satire in it the Animal Liberation Front, they're an actual organisation. Are they? And they, do they free them? Yeah. Yeah, because that's what he says in the film, that they kind of, uh, they, they free the animals and then they put a bit of economic turmoil in the company's direction uh, that they've taken the animals from, don't they? Uh, but So they, yeah, so their whole ethos is they don't want to hurt anyone, they don't want to kill anyone, they just want to free these animals. And their plan was to capture Ogja, basically put a surveillance device on her and send her back to Mirando so they can figure out what's going on with the animals and expose the company basically and the animal goes back to the lab where Jake Gyllenhaal is doing all sorts of 
silly, nasty things Weird. like drinking yeah. booze and throwing up bottles and being generally a, a, a pathetic, abusive human being towards animals. I mean, it's, it's pathetic, isn't it? From the very minute we see him yeah. sort of climbing up that mountain in, in South Korea. Give me some water. But yeah, I did it. I enjoyed, I enjoyed Jake Hall's performance. So I, I thought it was, it was very quirky. And I, I think I've seen a few complaints about it being a bit sort of um, over the top and out of place. But I do think this is quite a zany well, film good. anyway. Yeah. And I thought his performance fitted in really well, as did sort of Tilda's really. I've got, a, I've written down a note here that says drunk Jake. Do you reckon he was really drunk in that scene? I mean, he did a good job acting drunk, maybe. I would definitely be drunk. If I, if there was a, if I was an actor and a scene called for me to, to be drunk, I wouldn't need any excuse. I'd just get drunk. Be like, well, I've got to be prepared, don't I? I've got to go yeah. methods. That was just, that was it. That was all I've written down, drunk Jake. That was... Brilliant. And that concludes my notes on Ogja, drunk Jake. <laughs> it's very heartwarming, as, even though it's quite dark and bleak. And it's really sweet. At the end, she... She buys her back with the gold pig that her... Is it her uncle that she's living with currently? Or is it her grandfather? I think it's her grandfather. He's yeah. bought this golden pig because obviously he, he knows this attachment that she has with Okja. A gold pig, that's how you replace your, your good friend for 10 years that you've grown up with this whole time. Exactly. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of this film, isn't it? It's, it's the... Um... It's the consumerism part of it, isn't it? It's you're going to lose a friend, but oh yeah, you get a little golden pig. Brilliant. What am I going to do with that? And I really enjoyed that whole oh, transaction, I guess, because she obviously goes at the end of the film, she goes to this factory where the, the animals are being killed and processed for their meat. And she literally, like you say, trades the golden pig for Odger's life. And that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Because like the final, all they needed to do was was uh, pay for the super pig and he'd said earlier in the film that he had tried to do that and i believe that he had tried to buy uh Ogja, but it wasn't until the corporations switched tactics that it was in their best interest to just accept this small transaction right and i guess it's about yeah. the companies I've, I've, I've sort of heard somewhere about tilda swinton she played two roles in it, but it's kind of two faces of a corporation. So you've got like the nice friendly, oh, this isn't everything great and let's have a party and wear nice dresses and be nice to mm. children. And then you've got the other side, it's just like, no, nope, let's just make some money. Make um, it, make it, make all this meat cheap and people will still buy it anyway. Exactly. It's got a lot going for it, this film. I, I think it's very funny. Uh, it's heartwarming, like you're saying, and very thought provoking in, in many ways. The CGI of that animal was, it was pretty, it was pretty good, I guess. I wasn't really looking for the CGI, if that makes sense. And I guess that maybe mm. is the mark of a good story because I sort of was looking, thinking, oh, this is a CGI animal for the first maybe 30 seconds. But after that, I just forgot. And it just became this performance to me. Agreed. Yeah, because like a lot of more newer films, when you, when you notice all that CGI, it does, it does my fucking head in. I don't know about you, but I just, yeah. I, don't, I don't enjoy it. Yeah, usually CGI kind of throws me a little bit, uh, particularly where it's such a big element of the story and it's the title character. But I didn't notice it in this. And that's, like I said, that's just kind of testament to how good the storytelling was. What are your final thoughts, Dan? Yeah, so I, mean, I guess my final thoughts are, it was, the strength for me is, is the relationship between Misa and Ogja. I think it's set up perfectly before we're introduced to that ALF organization i really enjoyed the performances from tilda swinton jake gyllenhaal uh, paul dano i thought was very good in there as well he was not in it an awful lot 
but his character was impactful enough to leave a mark, I thought. I would like to have seen more of his character. Uh, the commentary on the, the capitalism and the, the, the corporation and consumers and what we do, what we will close our eyes to, I enjoyed all that message. And the CGI was, was good enough to keep me invested in the story. I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10 because it's not quite a film that I'll re-watch over and over, but it's a film I really enjoy. Yeah. I will give this a 9 out of 10 just Ooh. because I know it's, I mean, it's not something that I would put on every every Saturday night kind of thing, but it's it's a film that, you know, has got me from start to finish, like drawn me in. Okja, success, thumbs up. Yay, great film, brilliant. Let's move on to the Rogue Crocodile film, which came out in 2007. It was directed by Greg McLean and it was 99 minutes long. The tagline is, how fast can you swim? Does it really need a synopsis? I could just say humans trapped on mud plus crocodiles. Yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> All right, let's do that. Um, so it stars, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this name correctly, Rada Mitchell. She's Australian. She plays Kate Ryan. I'm going to assume that's right, Rada Mitchell. Michael Vartan as Pete McKell, Sam Worthington as Neil, and Mia Vashikovska as Sherry. Hey, Mia Vashikovska. I didn't even know she was in this. Did you not notice her? I guess not. Who is she? The young, the young girl, the young British girl. Oh, I know. I yeah, man. I, knew, I saw the, I saw the kid. Obviously, did she get eaten? She did not get eaten. Bless her. Yeah, it's a shame. Um, <laughs> you just throw the children to the crocs first. <laughs> Kids are more tasty. Is that what you're trying to say? No, I'm just saying that if you've got, a ch- if you're holding a baby in your arms, you're being chased by a crocodile. I'm only, I'm only saying, I'm just saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you toss the baby and you can run faster and the, the crocodile's busy. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so this was, where was this filmed? In the Northern Territory. Was it filmed in the Northern Territory? Yeah, it does look, I think so. It looks like the Northern Territory. Well, it's like either Northern Territory or Western Australia, but it's based in the NT. Which makes sense. Probably like Kakadu or something. Kakadu. I could talk to you all day about names of things in Australia. Kakadu. Wodonga. <laughs> Wagga Wagga. Yeah. All of those Pachuca. places. <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take you to all of them. Most of the ones I just said were in like Victoria. So. Come on, COVID. Hurry up. I need to explore Australia's. Rogue. We haven't even started to talk about Rogue yet. We've got to talk about Rogue. <laughs> So yeah, what we say, tourists on a boat, they're heading, they're out exploring and, and looking at the lovely sights and Ryder Mitchell plays Kate and she's kind of the captain of the boat and she's showing them everything. There's this one American tourist uh, and like you say, a, a family of British. But I, did, I didn't think the characters were great in this, I've got to be honest, I thought they were a bit flat. Mm. So they, they're on this, this boat and they're, they're going on this tour and they see a flare, one of them sees a flare. And they head off basically to go and investigate and see what the, the issue is. But they basically get nudged, don't they, by the crocodile and they have to board this piece of mud. And they've got, again, X amount of time to get off this mud before it's engulfed in water. I had enough fun with this. I had a few issues with some of the characters being a bit bland. Agreed. There was the American character. I, 
this is an Australian film, right? It was made in Australia, conceived in Australia, filmed in Australia, funded by Australians. But for some reason, they had to have an American character in it. And I didn't really get why. I feel like there was Sam. So Sam, Sam Worthington was in this film. And I guess it was one of his earlier roles. 2007, this came out. So he's, I, so. he's an Australian. I know he's an Australian. Oh, okay, good. I thought you were saying he was American. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> No, oh, I see why you'd think that because what my train yeah. of thought was heading towards, right, is because there's an American character in it. He ends up being the hero of the film, but I think they could have merged that character with Sam Worthington's character. I don't think it was necessary to have the American in there at all. I thought there was one, I thought there was one too many characters in this anyway for like a mm. sort of film where it's just set on this, this one piece of mud. I thought there were too many people in there and some of them weren't interested enough. They could have done away with the American and merged that character with Sam Evanson's, I would have said, because he had a bit of an arc, Sam Evanson, because when you first see him, he's just a complete arsehole, isn't he? Yeah, and he falls in the water. Apparently he was pretty frightened when, um, when shooting that scene because there are so-called uh, crocs in the water and it took like many hours for it to to shoot. And then I think either the director or one of the ads went in there and started swimming with him. He's like, "Yeah, this is how you're supposed to do it." Not like con- he was constantly freaking out, kind of thing. Really? Yeah, poor bastard. I mean, yeah, you don't want to be eaten by a croc. No, it would definitely be a bad end to it, though. Would you do it? Bit of a thrill. Why not? It depends how long you're in the water for. Dan's like, no fucking way. Of course not. <laughs> it's not even a it's no brainer. No, I wouldn't put myself in harm's way. I wouldn't put myself on the crocodile's dinner plate. Would you go cage diving with with sharks? No, probably not. Probably not. Note to self, won't take Dan cage diving. Don't take Dan cage diving, no. Um probably not. Uh, it'd be kinda nice to be in that environment, but I just I feel like I'm just, for some reason, I just, whenever I'm in the water, I just feel like I'm just not supposed to be there. I'll go in the sea and have a little swim, but I wouldn't jump off the side of a boat into deep ocean, for example. Uh, and I certainly wouldn't swim <laughs> around with crocodiles. Not in a million years. But they do, they have to in this film. They ain't got much choice, have they? It's their only way out. They set up various traps and there's a few moments of tension in this film. There literally is a moment of tension with the rope which I enjoyed that whole scene, that whole setup. I thought it was quite a nice little scene. I never seen anything like that before. There's a lot of nice moments like, oh, are they going to get eaten? Are they not going to get eaten? Mm. And it kind of makes you think that the dog's going to get eaten because there's a dog in it called Kevin for some reason. They've called the dog Kevin, which is great. I think that's a good name for a dog. He's a cutie. Um, he's a cutie, isn't he? And you just don't want the dog to get eaten. And spoilers, the dog does get eaten, but not till... Not when you think he's going to get eaten. He gets eaten yeah, much exactly. later. Um, there's a lot of shouting in this film. There's a lot of calling out of names, as there was in Odja. Every time I watch Odja for about three days afterwards, I'm just going around saying, Odja, to people. <laughs> and I noticed, maybe it's just because I watched that one, but in this one as well, it's, you know, they're going, Everett dies first, didn't they? The woman's going, Everett, Everett. And then later on, it's Colin. And then Kate, Kate. That went on for about 15 minutes. American man trying to find Kate. Did we talk? Did I skip over the budget for this? I think I did, didn't I? I don't think you did. I did the budget. I, I want to go back sure. to that because it was made for 26 million Australian dollars and it grossed 4.6 worldwide. So it fucking oh, lost oh. a shitload of money. Uh, and I don't really get why because it is a monster film and it's a good monster film. Like it's a not 
you know, it's not going to win any awards or anything. But for me, I mean, you've got Mega Piranha versus Rogue, and I love Mega <laughs> Piranha. It was great, but I loved it because it was really bad. And Rogue is just—it's pretty good. It's all right. What about this compared to Crawl? Oh, that is a good question. That's the ultimate—the ultimate comparison, isn't it? Um, I yeah. would say I probably preferred Crawl a bit more than this, but yeah, I did see Crawl on a big screen where you've got atmosphere and reactions that does add a little bit more of a, a dynamic to it, doesn't it? So I'd have to watch Crawl probably on a small screen. But yeah, on first impressions, I'd say Crawl was a little bit better than, than Rogue. The first thing I would say is I think there were fewer characters, or at least the main character is a little bit more established than some of the main characters in this. Because they have, they mention about their past, like Kate is, oh, I never want to leave this place. And that's about it it really isn't it that we get for, from her sort of side of things um, and then like we said about the other characters there's almost zero uh, investment in them we just find, don't really find out much about them so I think in a film like this where there is limited character development I think you've got to be a bit more interesting and outlandish with some of them not gimmicks really per se but just make them a bit more interesting I don't know I'm not a writer so I, you know I've, I've always got that get, get out of jail free card I could just criticise and say I wanted better things <laughs> But overall, I did enjoy this experience. I enjoyed sitting down to watch it. The locations were great. It looked great. The creature, I thought, was excellent. I really enjoyed the croc. You were going to go into details about how they did the croc. What's this YouTube video where in a workshop and they're building up the, the, the metal framework and then like the rolled plastic over mm. it, rivets through it, you know, like a workshop. You just see all the insulation being laid over and drilling holes in and hand painting and polishing and, and all of that kind of hand craftsmanship. And you do notice the difference. I, I must admit, when I saw this film was 2007 and I saw it was a monster movie, I was a bit worried if it was going to be some dodgy CGI, but it wasn't. It was practical practical effects and it was maybe cleaned up a little bit with cgi i don't know i didn't watch any other sort of making of stuff really i struggled to find information on this one i know um that this film was inspired by a true story of a croc a five point i think it was like a 5.1 meter crocodile fuck yeah <laughs> and he he did a fair few attacks between 1974 to 1979 it was based on a true story five meters oh. Five meters, bloody hell. Based, based on two events. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I quite enjoyed this film. I probably will sit down and watch it again one day. For me, yeah, it was a solid seven out of ten. What about cool. you? What did you think of this? I didn't completely love it. I think, yeah, characters did my head in. There was a lot of cutaways to like the Northern Territory landscape and then back to the character again and then back to the Northern Territory and then back yeah. to the character again. And that did my freaking head in. I'm like, don't get me wrong, it's quite beautiful. Uh, I highly, if anyone who doesn't live, or even people that live in Australia, go check it out because it's gorgeous up there. So much yeah. to see. There's so much to see in, in, in Oz in general. Um, but this film, I probably give it. A six, maybe six and a half out of ten. Cool. All right, animals. We've done the animals. We've done one crocodile and one super pig. So I guess we've got to move on to the picking the films for next week's topic. And it's back to me. And I'm going to go for a topic. I told you what the topic was. I was very specific in how I described it to you. But I'm calling it on the water. Not under the water. Not, un <laughs> not under the water. Not around the water. Not near the water. Not <gasps> close to the water. 
you can kind of have water in the title very, very specifically on the water. Oh, no water in the title. Well, there, there goes my three picks. Was it the water diviner with Russell? Crowe? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, no. Um, uh, yeah, so, I, I mean, I've gone for this on the water, and, but I was kind of joking with how specific I was being. So um, my first pick is Triangle. My second pick is Waterworld. And my third pick is The Reef. The Reef again? I couldn't find any others. <laughs> Literally, I was looking for so many others. I was looking for ages and I couldn't find anything else. So I had to pick the reef again. All right, what are you going for? Okay, first pick is The Perfect Storm. The second pick is Under the Arctic Sky. Third pick is Kim's Swim. Kim Swim. Kim Swims. Kim Swims? Yeah. Kim Swims or Kim Swim? Kim Swims. Kim swims. Okay. So to recap, I have chosen Triangle, Waterworld, and The Reef. You have chosen The Perfect Storm, Under the Arctic Sky, and Kim swims. Knocking out time. What's the triangle? It sounds familiar. You can't even really say much about this film without giving it away. It's, it's one of those just watch it right and don't know anything about it type films. But it's set on a boat. I think out of yours, I'm going to knock out Kim swims. Yeah, I thought you'd do that. And what are you going to knock out of mine? Do I be shit and get rid of Reef? Do whatever you want, mate. I don't want to get rid of Waterworld. I definitely want to keep that. And I don't want to be a bastard and get rid of Reef. So I'll get rid of Triangle. I've been trying to figure out for ages how to get Triangle on the list. And to be honest with you, the only way I could find out of a way of getting it on the list without spoiling what happens in the film is by calling it on the water. So I'm a bit gutted you knock that out. This is how it works. We can both watch it anyway. (laughs) I I suppose we can, can't we? So we're now left with Waterworld and the Reef in my list and A Perfect Storm and Under the Arctic Sky in your list. So I'll start with Waterworld, shall I? Um, Again, Waterworld, I own this uh, on Blu-ray. It's not a great film. I think I spoke about this a little while ago. It hasn't aged brilliantly, but it's a really different film and it's got a really interesting story about how it was made. It was made on a water. It was notoriously difficult to make. And it's a pretty enjoyable adventure flick and there's nothing quite like it. It's Mad Max on water. I think it's basically Mad Max on water. Mm. I don't know if, if you've never seen good. it. Not as good. Yeah, it's Mad Max, <laughs> but not as good. That's what they should put on a poster. Um, and it stars Kevin Costner. The tagline on Letterboxd is Beyond the Horizon lies the secret to a new beginning and the synopsis reads in a futuristic world where the polar ice caps have melted and made Earth a liquid planet, a beautiful barmaid rescues a mutant seafarer from a floating island prison. They escape along with her young child, Enola, and sail off aboard his ship. My next pick was The Reef, which I chose last week as part of the Animals double bill, uh, but you knocked it out and I couldn't find any more underwater films, so I went for The Reef. came out in 2010, it's 94 minutes long, and the tagline is, pray that you don't drown first. And the synopsis is very short, but it says, a great white shark hunts the crew of a capsized sailboat along the Great Barrier Reef. Oh. So, yeah, sharks or Kevin Costner? That's your choices out of mine. What about, what can you tell me about your two? So the perfect storm uh, came out in twenty in two thousand, and it's one hundred and thirty minutes long. Uh, yeah, uh, the tagline is "The storm is coming." Uh, so synopsis is in a in October nineteen ninety one, 
a co-influence of weather conditions combined with a form of killer storm in the North Atlantic. Caught in the storm was a swordfish fishing boat, magnificent foreshadowing and anticipation filled with true life drama while minute detail of a fishing boat's their gear and the weather juxtaposed with the sea adventure. Bad weather. Take your brolly. I don't think a brolly is going to fucking help. <laughs> All right, so Under the Arctic Sky then. Came out in 2017. It is only 40 minutes long. Synopsis is six fearless surfers travel to the north coast of Iceland to ride waves unlike anything they've ever experienced, captured with a high-tech cameras. Do you know what you're going to go for out of mine? I think I'm just going to go classic and go Waterworld. You're going to keep Waterworld? Mm. Is that a bad decision? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's underwater. Keep him with the tradition of knocking out the reef. I'm going to try and find, yeah. to, find a way to choose the reef every single week <laughs> until it goes on. Um, all right, so we're, we're left with Waterworld. Fair enough. I really don't know what to do because I'll be honest with you. I don't love the perfect storm. I find it a bit. You're like, I don't want to watch neither of your films. <laughs> and I don't want to watch a doc- 40 minute documentary about surfing either. So, which one do I do? Well, let's. I'm going to go, go for the perfect storm. We'll keep perfect storm. Next week, then, our next episode on the water topic, our films are Waterworld and The Perfect Storm. Have you got any honorable mentions? I do. Captain Phillips was one. Life of Pi, solo. Breathe, which was a surfing film, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And this wasn't exactly on the water, but based on a fishing village, and it's occasionally on the water, it's called Blow the Man Down. Okay. But it might come up again on a different episode. Okie dokie. I don't have that many honourable mentions. In fact, I didn't have any until just now when i just jotted down three films that just came into my brain and the first one was battleship uh it's a horrible film but i kind of <laughs> want to see it again under siege which is a steven seagal film where he plays a chef what knives people in the throat and jaws yeah i can't think of any others i think that's it mate hard yeah. rain there is- we go christian slater on jet skis <laughs> is cape fear a, a water-based film no it's not, not really the, there is a yeah. sequence uh the end sequence takes place on a houseboat but it isn't set on the water no all righty then so uh should we move on to section three then stitch up where you have to talk about the return of the living dead necropolis yes how was it out of all like out of stitch up films it wasn't that bad no it could be a lot worse yeah i think i think you went a little bit easy on me I certainly did. Compared to zombie beavers, I think. Return of the Living Dead, Necropolis. And the tagline is, you can't, cannot kill what is already dead. And synopsis is, a group of teenagers who, in an attempt to rescue their friend from an evil corporation, end up releasing a horde of bloodthirsty zombies. That classic tale. Yeah. I've seen this. You have seen <laughs> You're like, I will, I will test to see if you've seen this film. <laughs> it starts off that um, the uncle goes to Chernobyl where they've got these zombies 
they've put the Americans put the zombies uh, yeah. at Chernobyl. Oh yeah, of course they have. <laughs> and then it comes to present day where they say, oh, you know, we've kept any zombie apocalypse under control and there hasn't been any zombie situations in at least the last decade. So Julian's character, so his parents died in, I think, a car crash or well, something, something tragic happened and him and his brother live with his uncle who wor- works at this um, corporation he's supposed to do like a jump on the motorbike and um, he chickens out so his mate uh, does it instead and then actually has an accident and has, he ends up going to hospital. And they, they say that his mate is dead, but he, has, he actually isn't. He's been sent to this corporation to get either tested on to become either a zombie or take his brains to do something. Some nefarious thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Zombies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Julian and his friends uh, find out and they uh, break into the company to find him and they realise, oh, there's all of these zombies that they're engineering and regenerating. People get bitten and then there's a bunch of zombies everywhere. Mm. What, what else can you say about this film? It's interesting with, like, because I've seen one, two and three, with, like, the first... I think with all three, when you shoot a zombie, they don't die. Even if you shoot them in the brains, I don't think they die instantly. They, they literally come back to life. Where in this film, you shoot them in the brains or completely shoot them, then they, they die and they don't come back. Mm. Well, it seems like that at least until the end. And spoiler alert, it come, uh, at the end of the film, there's like a news there's a news reader saying, oh, you know, they, they said there was a, like, a zombie uh, apocalypse, but it, the business says it, it actually didn't happen and the next minute uh, the news reader's head gets eaten off and then it uh, goes into uh, Return of the Living Dead 5 because they were both created at the same time. That would explain a lot. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, pretty much the same actors are in the Return of the Living Dead 5. Well, you've got to see it, haven't you, really? Have you seen that? Have you seen Living Dead 5? Uh, no, I haven't seen 5, but I haven't seen all of 4. I, I turned it off when parents turned up uh, in full black zombie... Well, they look like tactical zombies. That's the only word I can use to describe them, tactical zombies in like army stuff. And they had Ter- Terminator zombies. Yeah, Terminator zombies. They, they, look like, they look like the Borg off of Star Trek. I, it got to that point, and then I just thought, well, this film's not going to get any better from here, is it? This is the peak. So I never finished it. No, you're not missing out on that. <laughs> yeah. I knew that I was going to pick it for you one day, you see. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, if you stitch me up and I lose, then I'll definitely watch five. But it's not, it's not on my list to... I think unless I'm super bored and I'm just like, oh, yeah, let's put a shitty film on, I'll, I'll watch five. Dan's writing this down. Hmm, putting <laughs> this up, put this up. I'm writing it down in pink so I know to make special attention on that note for Make Benefit, yeah. Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. The acting was pretty bad. The, yeah. When they shot, uh, maybe this is just me, when they shot some of the zombies, it's like they took a few seconds before they fell down. 
Like, Ooh. that's how bad it was. <laughs> yeah. I remember it looking very cheap when I saw it. Um, yeah. I remember the motocross stuff with the motorbikes and thinking that went on for an awfully long time. I mean, yeah, as I said, it's not, it hasn't been the worst film that you've mm. given me for Stitcher compared to, well, Draniac. Oh, Draniac was a bit of fun. It was very shit acting and very poorly. Like, it was made over seven days. I don't know how long it took to create this film. What, Return of the Living Dead number four? About 12 minutes, I think. 12 minutes? It goes longer than that. It was shot in 12 minutes, though. They shot a 90-minute film in 12 minutes. That makes perfect sense. Maybe that's why there's such a delay with the zombies going down. Some sort of time shift problem. Yeah. What am I going to give this film? I'll give it a two Justice Leagues. Yeah, pretty bad. Um, I guess it's not that bad for Stitch Up. Most Stitch Ups are tending no. to be sort of half a half a Justice League these days and one Justice League. Mega <laughs> was, was an exception last week. Uh, all right, two, two. Two out of ten. Brilliant. I'll count that as a success for me. What um what happened with last week's poll then? Because you put on a poll, didn't you, for uh, zombies for you versus fateful findings for me? What what was the results of that poll? Well, I put the poll on and I didn't vote instantly. And next minute, there is three votes for me to watch zombie beavers and no votes for you. I was like, oh fuck! I need to recruit some people to potentially vote but to be honest it was it was very close it was a total of seven votes i'm not watching zombie beavers next week i'm watching fateful findings yeah mate so it was three nil to you and then you got your mates to vote four times for me so it ended up being four three yeah (laughs) noted noted Oh, I'm pretty sure you do such things. I know. People vote how they want to vote. <laughs> Fateful findings. All right, bloody hell. So next poll then. Uh, we need to announce the films for the next poll. Uh, and I know what I'm going to choose for you. Uh, it's probably your turn to go first, isn't it? I've gone first the past two or three times. It's your turn. I disagree. Didn't I go Zombievers first for you? I don't care anyway because no. I'm not changing my mind. I know what I'm choosing for you and it ain't, <laughs> it, it ain't Return of the Living Dead number five. Not yet. It ain't. Okay. Anyway, I'm keeping that. I'm choosing a film for you to keep in with the animal theme for this week and it's called mm-hmm. MVP2, Most Vertical Primates. <laughs> <laughs> it's about a monkey. What skateboards? Oh, that sounds awesome. I mean, it sounds great, doesn't it? But how was it executed? This is the question. Okay, my pick for you for next week is called Zombies. Zombies. Okay. Zombies. 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 Zoom. Zombies. Zoom. Yeah, zombies. Beings in from the zoo. Zombies. I mean, they could have called it Zombies, and I still would have got. It. I suppose it sounds too much like boobies, then, though, didn't it? That's probably why the marketing department would <laughs> Zombies because they'll think this is a porn. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Zombies. Zombies. <laughs> You're doing the poll, aren't you? I'm doing the poll. I'll put that poll on. Um, so it's for you, it's MVP2 or most vertical primate versus zombies. So if people want to catch up with you, uh, where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram at Chica Nika or Nika Creative. Where can we find you, mate? Well, I've, I recently set up a... Um, instagram and that's at 
Twin Picks Pod. So uh, if you are a listener to the show, please go and follow us on that page. That would be most appreciated. But if not, you can catch me on Flick.Face on Instagram or Flick underscore Face on Twitter. And you can email the show at TwinPicksPod at gmail.com. And that is all the words that are coming out of me today, I think. Alrighty, so thank you very much for listening if you made it this far and we'll catch up with you next time with our On The Water double bill. Bye, get some Chuck Norris in you. Goodbye Chuck Norris.